Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of United States Opinion Syllabus in Parker Drilling Management Services Limited v. Newton. Certiori to United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. Argued April 16th, 2019. Decided June 10th, 2019. Respondent Brian Newton worked for petitioner Parker Drilling Management Services on drilling platforms off the California coast. Newton was paid for his time on duty, but not for his time on standby, during which he could not leave the platform. Newton filed a class action in state court, alleging, as relevant here, that California's minimum wage and overtime laws required Parker to compensate him for his standby time. Parker removed the action to federal district court. The parties agreed that Parker's platforms were subject to the Outer Continental Shelf Lands Act, O.C. SLA, which provides that all law on the Outer Continental Shelf, OCS, is a federal law, or is federal law, administered by federal officials. Denies states any interest in or jurisdiction over the Outer Continental Shelf, and deems the adjacent states' laws to be federal law only to the extent that they are applicable and not inconsistent with other federal law. And that's uh, 48 U.S.C. section 1333 A2A. The district court concluded that the state laws relevant here should not be applied as federal law on the OCS because the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938, a comprehensive federal wage and hour scheme, left no significant gap in federal law for state law to fill. It thus granted Parker judgment on the pleadings. The Ninth Circuit vacated and remanded. It held that state law is applicable under the OCSLA if it pertains to the subject matter at issue, a standard satisfied by California wage and hour laws. It also held that those state laws were not inconsistent with federal law because they were not incompatible with the federal scheme. The Supreme Court held, uh, it was vacated and remanded, and Justice Thomas delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Where federal law addresses the relevant issue, state law is not adopted as surrogate federal law on the OCS. After this court held that federal government has exclusive jurisdiction over the entire continental shelf, see United States versus Louisiana, Congress enacted the Submerged Lands Act, which ceded certain offshore lands to the coastal states and passed the OCSLA, which affirmed the federal government's exclusive control over the OCS. Newton argues that state law is applicable on the OCS whenever it pertains to the subject matter at issue, and that it is inconsistent only if it would be preempted under ordinary preemption principles. Parker counters that state law is not applicable absent a gap in federal law that needs to be filled, and that state law can be inconsistent with federal law, even if it is possible to satisfy both sets of laws. Parker's approach is more persuasive. This court reads the statute's words in their context with a view to their place and overall statutory scheme, see Roberts v. Sealand Services Incorporated. The court's pre-OCSLA decisions made clear that federal law controlled the OCS in every respect, and the OCSLA reaffirmed that role. Taken together, the OCSLA's provisions 
convincingly show that state laws can be applicable and not inconsistent with federal law under Section 1333A2A only if federal law does not address the relevant issue. The OCSLA makes apparent that federal law is exclusive and that state law is adopted only as surrogate federal law. That's uh, Rodrigue versus Aetna Casualty and Surety, Surety Company. It borrows only certain state laws, which are then declared to be federal law and administered by federal officials. It would thus make little sense to treat the OCS here as a mere extension of the adjacent state, where state law applies unless it conflicts with federal law. That type of preemption analysis applies only where overlapping dual state and federal jurisdiction makes it necessary to decide which law takes precedence. But federal law is the only law on the OCS, and there is no overlapping state and federal jurisdiction. So the reference to not inconsistent state laws presents only the question whether federal law has already addressed the relevant issue. If so, state law on the issue is inapplicable. This interpretation is supported by several other considerations. Newton's interpretation that the choice of law question on the OCS is the same as it would be in an adjacent state would deprive much of the OCSLA of any import, violating the cardinal principle of interpretation that courts must give effect, if possible, to every clause and every word of a statute. That's Lawfren versus United States. This court's interpretation is consistent with federal enclave model and the historical development of the statute. The OCSLA treats the OCS as an upland federal enclave. That's Rodrigue again. Generally, when an area in a state becomes a federal enclave, only the state law in effect at the time of the transfer of jurisdiction continues in force as surrogate federal law. Uh, James Stewart Incorporation versus Adracula, provided that the state law does not conflict with federal policy, uh, that's Paul versus United States, going forward, state law presumptively does not apply to the enclave, see Sedracula. As originally enacted, the OCSLA both treated the OCS as a federal enclave and adopted only the applicable and not inconsistent laws of the adjacent state in effect as of the act's effective date. This suggests, like the general enclave rule, the OCSLA sought to make all OCS federal, yet also provide a sufficiently detailed legal framework to govern life on the OCS. That'd be Shell Oil Corporation versus Iowa Department of Revenue. Providing a sufficient legal structure to accomplish that purpose eliminated the need to adopt new state laws. The OCSLA's text and context thus suggest that state law is not adopted to govern the OCS where federal law is on point. The later amendment of the OCSLA to adopt state law on an ongoing basis confirms the connection between the OCSLA and the federal enclave model. This court's interpretation accords with precedent constituting the OCSLA. In Rodrigue, Chevron Oil 
Husan and Gulf Offshore Corporation versus Mobile Oil. The court viewed the OCSLA as adopting state law to fill in federal law gaps. Under the proper standard, some of Newton's present claims can be resolved, though others have not been analyzed by the Ninth Circuit. Some claims are premised on the adoption of California law requiring payment for all standby time. Because federal law already addresses this issue, California law does not provide the rule of decision on the OCS. To the extent that Newton's OCS-based claims rely on that law, they necessarily fail. Likewise, to the extent his OCS-based claims rely on the adoption of California's minimum wage, the FLSA already provides for a minimum wage, the state minimum wage is not adopted as a federal law and does not apply on the OCS. The decision below is vacated and remanded. Justice Thomas delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, we can be reached at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com and can be found on Twitter and Instagram at uh, court syllabus, no space.